We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either you're first or you're last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Four seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud member of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak, and as always... Joining me for another episode, a training camp episode, a shareholders meeting episode, is my co-host, Jordan Chesky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Ooh, it is the official start of Packers season. Uh, not really, but kind of. Kind of. I don't know what... It, I have certainly felt a little wind in my sail. We're past the halfway mark of the summer. Packers are back. It's, you know... football. Football is life. You've also had a typical Wisconsin day, and that summer might have started today with how hot and humid it is. But we've yes. also got a cool morning with thunderstorms for 15 minutes, followed by sunshine the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. It was a hot day it, today. It was a smorgasbord. <laughs> but alas, as we had mentioned, uh, as Jordan mentioned, training camp started today. But that's just a little tease. We'll talk about training camp later. We got to get to the news that Mark Murphy shared at the shareholders meeting. Because there was surprisingly a lot of news. A lot of news there. There was. Um, the Packers, we'll jump right into it. Packers announced that uh, Josh Sitton and Jordy Nelson are going to be inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame this year. Uh, Josh Sitton, notably the starting, I believe it was left guard or right guard, for sure a guard, um, for the Packers from 2008 until 2015. 20s. 2015. Um, won a Super Bowl with them, obviously, during that tenure. And was pretty much a mainstay of the Packers line to go with um, Brian Balaga and oh, what's the other guy's name? TJ Lang throughout their uh, yep. their tenure as an offensive line in the early days of the Aaron Rodgers era. So um, in total from uh, 2012 to 2015 when they let him go, he didn't miss a game. But looks like he only missed uh, he put, in his rookie year, he played 11 games, but then 16, 16, 14, then 16 through the rest of his career in Green Bay. So definitely a uh, an Iron Man of sorts when it came to um, his spot on the line. Yeah. Made a Pro Bowl in 2012. Um, second team All-Pro three years in a row in 13, 14, 15 to go with a couple more Pro Bowls before ultimately, um, I don't think, I think he was. He was a uh, camp casualty. Yes, he I was. Believe. That was a big uh, actions. 
Yeah, they, big, they, re- um, they released them on September 3rd, so right before, well, I on Conte. Conte, yeah. yeah. And then, that was a big uh, uh, touch point. Yeah. In a lot of things. That well, that year. was kind of like the same way with TJ Lane, the same way with Brian Balaga when it all happened that same way. So, um, obviously finished his career with um, with the Bears for two years and then one year with the Dolphins. So, um, glad to hear that he's getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Certainly worthy. Four-time Pro Bowler, one-time Super Bowl champ, and like we said, pretty much a mainstay of that line through um, the heydays of the Aaron Rodgers era. But then is the true star, Jordy Nelson. Jordy uh, Ray Nelson, nickname on pro football reference, White Lightning. So so take that. Or the, <laughs> take it. Um, just like Josh Sitton, first uh, one, one-time Super Bowl champ, obviously, and then a pro bowler. Uh, won the 2016 AP Comeback Player of the Year, which makes sense after he had the ACL injury in the preseason. Mm-hmm. <sighs> My heart. In 2015, I believe that was. Yeah. Um, career numbers with the Packers. 550 catches, 7,848 yards, and 69 touchdowns. Pretty, pretty, pretty good, if I do say so myself. He was the obviously the... Uh, the favorite target of Aaron Rodgers before Devontae Adams. So um, obviously a classic, classic football player for the Packers, a fan favorite always. I know I have his jersey. I'm sure many others do as well. Um, glad to hear what he's, he's getting inducted. What do you think of Jordan Nelson there, Jordan? Um, kind of in the same boat as Sidney. I think it's nice closure, especially when, you know, not that they are the ones propagating this, but when they're talked about as, you know, they hackers moved off from them, they cut them one year early rather than one year late and all that stuff. And what it means, we know what that means for the team and stuff like that and how they've been real or able to replenish and continue being a successful team for multiple years and decades and eras and all that stuff. But when you're a player, it's a different feeling clearly. But it's good to kind of have closure in this way of like, you know, they're honoring their Packers career, the team that they played most of their snaps, if not, you know, not all of them, but like the the vast majority of them and played really great. We're on some great teams and even, you know, obviously a Super Bowl winning team, but some good teams that didn't make the finish line or near it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so yeah, I think it's I think it's just it's nice that the Packers do this because it just reinforces how great they've had it for a long time, right? And it's still something that should be honored and uh, recognized, you know, years after these guys leave. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to hear some bonkers stats? Yes, Jordy Nelson never had a hundred uh, reception career or hundred reception season. The closest he came was in 2014 when he had 98 catches on 151 targets for 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. Otherwise, right. Otherwise, from 2011 to um, 2014, I'm sorry, skipping 2015 when he got hurt, um, he had 68 catches for 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns. 2012, he had a down year. I think he missed about six games. Um, but then 2013, 85 catches for 1,300 yards and eight touchdowns. 2014, 98 and 15, uh, 100 touchdowns and 13, or I'm sorry, 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns. 2016, 97 catches, 1,250 yards and 14 touchdowns. Led the league in touchdowns that year. But like, that's an insane stretch of of football for, for Oh yeah. And like, we know it's kind of easy to forget how dominant he was as a receiver just because it's been almost a decade now, but geez, Louise, like the yards per catch on 98 catches in 1500 yards is insane. He had a, uh, he, he averaged 95 yards a game. <laughs> That's, so That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> Seventh all time in yards per game, by the way. 
That's the other thing. So, so you for mentioned his career numbers. Yeah, for the Packers. So he's fourth and five with 550 catches. Uh, sixth with 7,848 receiving yards. Third in touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He missed a year in his prime mm-hmm. doing that. And didn't really pop until like the Super Bowl year until 2011. It was, really. it was, I was gonna say it was the year after that he really the, like the Super Bowl year. He only started four games, um, had 45 catches for 500 yards, 600 yards, and two touchdowns. So he really, like you said, he really didn't pop until until 2011 when the mm-hmm. entire offense exploded. We're talking about like four to five seasons where he just chewed up ground literally mm-hmm. with his cleats. <laughs> he had he had as many touchdowns in the playoffs as he did in the regular season in that Super Bowl run. That's nuts. Yeah, he kind of came to life in that run. Yeah. And then, like you said, it exploded. But yeah, talking about he was third in touchdowns despite not popping into year four, he didn't. He's only started six games his first three years. He played in... Um, well, because you're thinking, too, at that time, it's... Driver and who? Uh, Greg Jennings. Jennings. Jennings, yeah. And talk about someone that probably won't get into the Packers Hall of Fame <laughs> with all the, with all the. I want to say he's actually in it. Am, am I just am I chalked? I think he's in it. I don't know why this is uh, escaping my brain at the moment. Oh yeah, sure enough. Last year, is. last year. I I I don't remember that. That just escaped my mind. That's you know what? That's actually really surprising given how much crap he talked since leaving. And guess what? He, he deserves it. But man. <laughs> Wait, do you think he deserves it? For I was gonna say, maybe he's right. For no, for like his Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For like his stats. Yeah. And like his importance to the team and everything. Cause like he was Oh yeah. Obviously the number one number one wide receiver on that Super Bowl run, so but still, like I I just totally I don't even remember that happening. That's crazy. That was a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll happen probably in one of the preseason games around there ish time, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think actually the Greg Jennings one was like August of last year, so I yeah, would assume the, it's the same. The YouTube from the Packers is August sixth, so maybe around family night. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, that's family a good call. Is August fifth this year, which is a a Saturday. Um. And then I imagine it's probably either that Sunday or Saturday afternoon or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, anything else on the uh, future Packers Hall of Famers? No. Okay. I, other than congrats. Congrats. <laughs> um, now we get to the <laughs> the real meat on this bone. The comments from Mark Murphy. Um, I guess pretty good segue. Murphy mentioned that they're going to retire Aaron Rodgers' number. Um, quote, at the appropriate time, which I think is all you can really ask for. Yes. We've been not an anti-Aaron Rodgers podcast, as you all know, who have listened. We just didn't want to talk about all the crap that had surfaced since the trade. But now I think this is an appropriate time to say, hey, like, yeah, this is, I think most of the organizations probably in the same boat that they can recognize his importance to the organization in history but they don't care about the day-to-day. Andy Herman had a uh, a good tweet today regarding a certain New York Jets quarterback uh, contract renegotiation and signing. And this is like, I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about the stats. The only number I care about is that 65% snap rate <laughs> or snap yeah. uh, usage. Snap so. usage. I think, too, um, from there's more quotes from it that I'm sure you might share. But it sounded like when Rogers was brought up at the shareholders meeting, I've not seen video of it. I've only read notes and everything like that, but it sounded like there was some booze that Murphy quelled pretty quickly by, you know, segue into being one of the greatest Packers of all time and complimenting him on his 18 years of being with the team and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it could have easily been like, you know, I don't know, an ugly moment, but they kind of turned it into fan service, which, again, rightly so, because it doesn't. However, things ended and just how 
things were for the last couple of years doesn't take away from just how you know remarkable of a career that he had with this team. So, you know, you take the take it for what it was. Right. And it's much similar vein as to how Brett Favre left. Like everyone was like some people were gonna be upset and be pissed, but he's the player is still critical to the success of this organization. You can't just shoo that under the rug as yeah. soon as he leaves. Like you still need to recognize it, which I'm glad Murphy did and will do um, in the future. For what it's worth, um, Favre's number was retired the same year he went into the um, NFL Hall of Fame. So I'm sure they'll do both. Um, they'll probably handle it the, the same exact way they handled um, Favre's. He'll get his number retired the, the, the first year he's able to have retired once he hits that five, sort of five-year mark after yeah. he retires. So in about seven-ish years, we can talk about a... 2030. Uh, oh, that's not a real year. No. Just, just, just like the Bucks pick in 2031. It's a fake year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not around. Um, But then another great segue to go from one Packers QB to the other. Um, Mark Murphy said he was pleased with the the reaction, the buzz on around the love era quote. I think that's one of the reasons that people are excited is because there is just, I don't know if I'd call it uncertainty, but we're in a much different team. We're a much different team than we were last year. We'll be younger and I'm optimistic. So I think Mark Murphy, Jordan did a great job of exemplifying and just speaking out yours and I's um, opinions on this season and Jordan love in both two sentences. Yeah. I, I think that's, that is the big theme of, as we'll get in, continue getting into is just kind of, I don't know. There's something very welcoming in this change. It doesn't feel like how it did with Rogers. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of animosity, obviously, towards you know where it was. Plus, there, I mean, part of that was that bled into training camp. You know, right. a lot of things. It, the timing of when things changed over certainly um have allowed things to kind of cooler and keep you know Rogers doing his thing the Packers are doing their thing so it's kind of like you know you've had a lot more time to kind of live with the changing of the guard kind of thing rather than like at the time Favre is trying to make this you know last ditch effort to come back and you know Ted right. Thompson and company are holding off or holding the line yeah so yeah, I think the edges have been smoothed out a little bit considering that the trade happened pre-draft. And we've had May, June, and now most of July to kind of come to terms with the the split. Um, but I know that Mark Murphy's not the only one, and the rest of his fans aren't the only one excited. Um, Roswell Douglas went on um, a podcast or a YouTube video, whatever you want to call it. I, kind of, I think it was, a, it was a YouTube video, but I'm not sure if it is a podcast as well, um, with um, Darius Slay. And uh, Peter Bukowski posted the tweet um, quoting Russell Douglas about Jordan Love saying, quote, I know Love last year, he was cooking us in practice sometimes. He would hit us in the pocket with no looks, everything and everything. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And then to continue it, he uh, Razul's message to Jordan Love was, quote, we don't need you to be A-Rod. We need you to be you. We need you to be you because you are enough. And like, end quote, man, it's just. The, the excitement around the team, around Jordan Love, is so exciting. Like, I, I know you're not going to find public displays of negativity about Jordan Love from the team. You just, won't, you just won't see it. But I feel like I've seen so many comments like this throughout the offseason that it's just cool to see the team rally around a guy they know can compete. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I again, I don't want to blow more than or show more than, you know, we've let on but like there's just kind of like things that are emerging with the start of camp and everything like that that is really exciting and it's like again part of where we came from and just the kind of just you know uh what's the word atrophy of like just letting things run its course there's Mm -hmm. part of that where it's like yeah it's good to like Get to, you know, run the end of the line, but like it, it can be painful, especially how last year was. And it was uh, in painful. a lot of ways. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> Post London game that was right. very just like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just like the fact that we are learning more about Jordan Love than we have ever had to, and that just comes with you know the spotlight being on you and someone as big as Aaron Rodgers is like that's not going to take it up anymore. Or be used in a pejorative way of like, hey, they drafted this guy to get rid of you, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, it's a lot more nuanced of like how it is and how it has, it will be moving forward, even with the unknown of like, okay, you're the quarterback of the future, but you have to earn it still too. Right. Absolutely. He definitely still needs to earn it. But I think, um, and Peter Bukowski said this as well, and something I agree with that it, it is so valuable to have the high level support of his uh, veteran teammates and having him having his back. Like I yeah. think going back to when I forget what it's called now, but it's the midweek interview with the Packers players that um, Tom, whatever his name is from Packers wire from the, from the Sentinel. I forget his name. My apologies. Tom Silverstein. No, it's the TV guy. I forget his name. I, I, I pretty sure he works for WSN. Anyway, he does a, a midweek Packers interview in Green Bay with players. Um, when I was a kid, it was with Amon Green and I think like Don oh, and others. Tim Van Roren? Yeah. Is him, that your thing? Tim, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not Tom, Tim. Um, but last year he did it with Devontae Campbell. And I don't know if you remember this, Jordan. Like It was like week eight or nine. And we were, we were, he was talking about Jordan Love and now he's ready to lead. And like we talked about that on this podcast in the middle of the season. Like It's been... Like it's not just coming out of nowhere because Aaron Rodgers is gone. Um, Devondre mentioned it last year. Aaron Jones mentioned it right away in the offseason this year. Like I wouldn't expect anything but support from Aaron Jones because it's kind of the guy he's he is as we've seen. But um, it's a lot of these veteran guys rallying around their new QB, and it's it's just cool. And I know um, you read the piece by Ryan Wood talking about just. Jordan Love's sort of rise to becoming a starter and being an inter- an integral part of this Packers team and offense. Yeah, I mean, again, naturally it kind of segues into like just where we are with Love and how people have embraced him and everything like that. Um, first of all, cannot recommend it more highly. Like it's really it goes deep into like Jordan Love's uh, you know, athletic career really like it, it spans from high school, pre high school to college. Talks to one of his, I believe, the defense coordinator of the Aggies at the time that has since moved on, and just you know, observations about how he leads the uh details about Matt LaFleur kind of badgering, not badgering him, but like wanting to know more information about him before the Packers drafted that year, and obviously, again. It was COVID, so it wasn't a normal drafting year at all. Um, things were very on the fly, and you know the normal practices were shuttered. And it was just good insight of just like how kind of transfixed I think Lafleur was, and you know uh, people in charge were with Love and just what they saw about what they saw in him, and 
kind of asking questions of like, does he understand, would he be willing to accept the role that he ended up having? And obviously the answer was yes. And goes into his quarterback's coach, who I believe, if I read correctly, he also helped mentor um, Romeo Dobbs. So there was kind of a natural chemistry there that has obviously been talked about quite a a lot going into camp and over the summer too. So like, I mean, I, again, it, everything that we want that you wanted to know about Jordan love it's in this piece. It's so good. goes into like how he became a quarterback and just how he's, how his process and just how he picks up on things and talks about watching film from the chiefs game of, you know, having three days to prep and trying to, you know, make good of his, you know, first NFL start. And we know how that game went, but the Packers are still in and all that stuff. So it's like, I don't know. I am missing a lot of details that are from there. there and it talks about his process changing over uh, it going into year three and how they rebuilt the way he is throwing, you know, it starts from the platform and all that stuff. So that, like, again, it just oodles and oodles of information of just, you know, how consummate of a professional that he is. But again, one of the big themes is just how quickly he took the role about like bringing people together, bringing vets, rookies, whatever, whether it's wide receivers or it's Aaron Jones coming out to California or, you know, De- Devonja Campbell, people from the defense, everything like that. Mm-hmm. And everything's just kind of been natural to him. Um, and I think that is very positive for the kind of goodwill that I feel like we're on the cusp of feeling with this team. Because truly, there are no expectations, and that's when you can kind of make waves. But um, it's really positive and good to see love, not embrace it, but like, Come on, I, I don't Michelle. know. I, yeah, like I, I think that's that's ultimately the this why this is so exciting is like, you know, I, I'm sure he's been wanting to feel do all this for a long time, but. Mm-hmm. I do think that the moment is finally here where he can feel like, oh, I can, I'm actually ready for this moment. I, it's not too big for me anymore. Right. Um, talking about Matt LaFleur talking to, to Jordan Love to, uh, during like the draft process and everything, I kind of want to like not segue away from Jordan Love, but kind of add on that. Everyone was talking about how like this is like the true Matt Lafleur offense is going to come alive now. I still think that, but I was like, I thought it was interesting that he answered it in like a press conference this week that he doesn't think that we're going to see like a a really different playbook than what they had with Aaron Rodgers. Um, I'm kind of curious as to how that's going to play during the season because like I think there'll be a lot less audibling, obviously, but I'm curious to see if that's actually true or not, because I don't really believe him. I think that might be kind of some smoke just to not have teams expect the unexpected kind of thing. But um, I think with how he's handled himself in years one through three, that Jordan Love has been able to run this offense quite well. And I guess efficiently would be the best way to put it. Yes. I don't think there's going to be a lot of um, wildness or uncertainty that happens a lot um, throughout the season. I think there'll be mistakes without a doubt, overthrown balls, underthrown balls, maybe bad reads. But I think that this offense might be um, a well-oiled machine that moves slowly. Is how I'm gonna put it. Like there'll there'll be some hiccups. You won't see 35 what's, games. But what's the Lafleur phrase? Um, you're I'm, I'm you lost me. I know there's a phrase that he used a lot um, it's something along the lines of like unpredictable improvisation or something like something. play random it's essentially that is what he's kind of saying <laughs> um but i agree with you i think there's it's a lot of timing things i, I don't think there's a system that he wants to play mm-hmm. and i'm sure we'll see some you know Love wants to cook and stuff like that, but I also do, I don't think that is how they ultimately want to play. And I, again, this isn't just a Jordan Love thing. I think this is going to be a big you know we will see tenets of what we have seen 
when Aaron Rodgers was under center, but you have a young, young wide receiver room. Yeah. And young tight ends. I think youngest in the league. Uh, I actually have a stat for you. I love stats. Uh, Bill Barnwell. Uh, This is from a piece from Bill Barwell today on ESPN.com. Talking about, I believe that conceded the piece was uh, 20 players that had the most pressure this season. Jordan Love is Mm. among them. Um, Jordan Love will be throwing to what projects to be the second youngest group of wide receivers and tight ends since 1990. Love will be a part of the most inexperienced quarterback room the NFL has seen since. 2008, when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Yep. Another. And guess who was there that moment and to now? Ryan Gugunst. He's been there. Yeah. Don't 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 tell Aaron Rodgers that. According to Rodgers, he wasn't there. He was in the Jairs room <laughs> eating Cheetos. <laughs> um, but no yeah, friends. it's like. To do off on the tiniest little tangent, the the amount of similarities between Love and Rogers' career is it's too creepy. It's like they got bored, like they got bored of the storylines and said, "All right, we're just gonna repeat this one." They got had had success in the past. Let's try this plot point again. See if it hits. <laughs> um, to go with um expectations, sort of of Jordan Love from the um. From the organization this year, Murphy said at the shareholder meeting that they expect to um, not even know what they have in Jordan Love until um, halfway through the season. Similar um, in way to Aaron Rodgers' first year uh, quote, comparing it a little bit to Aaron's first year, his first year as a starter, I'd say at least half a season. Even though I think we ended up uh, with a losing record, we saw enough of that of Aaron that year to knew to know we had something special. So. I think that's just kind of going to be the the company line from the Packers, and I think it should be from fans as well, is that the week-to-week variance for Jordan Love isn't going to be as important as what we see by the end of the season. Yeah, and uh, important context that I believe I've we've talked about before when we were just talking about like Jordan Love's contract decision when that was a big thing uh, before the reworked contract. Um Rodgers was extended during his, uh, essentially his first starting season. Mm-hmm. So they saw enough to, of him to sign him to like a six-year, $60 million contract or whatever it was. Right. So, you know, not that Jordan Love is going to do the exact same, but I do like that, that you know, again, it's not pumping the brakes, but I think it's just we all know – where Jordan Love is at. And that was a big part of like whether it's Mark Murphy or it's Goody or it's LaFleur, it's like you just want him they're talking about his preseason snaps and talking about trying to get him as many reps as you can, but knowing that you obviously want him to be protected too, because he's you know the the big asset now. Right. And there's just so much that he could soak up and learn and really just kind of you know get the ball rolling with. But that's where, again, it's exciting to kind of like, no, it's like we know that they're going to be growing pains. Like, it just happens. And we, again, we have been spoiled by having two of the greatest quarterbacks of the modern era of the NFL. All time. Replace yeah. each other or one replacing the other. Right. Um. So, yeah, that's it's good to kind of just put out the company line of like just – just wait. Take it easy. Yeah, just Everybody wait and see. Everybody just wait. Chill yeah. out. Um, for context, Aaron Rodgers' first year um, as a starter, 341 completions, 4,000 yards, and 28 touchdowns to 13 picks. So, by all means, a pretty darn good year. Like, he, it was his pretty much lowest on a uh, on a full season he had uh in 2010 the super bowl year he had played one fewer game and had about 100 less yards so for all intents and purposes his lowest um amount of yards until 2019 he had 
just over 4,000, 4,002 up until um, this past year when he threw for mm. 3,600 yards. 3,800 yards in 2015, but um, that's surprising. I feel like that was weird. Because they, yeah. they went 10 and 6, but I feel like that might have been a down year form. Regardless, if Jordan Love goes out there for 4,000 yards and 28 touchdowns, I need another thumb because two isn't going to be enough to point upwards. There we go. <laughs> Jordan assisted me with the thumb, so we're all good. They're all good there. Um, I'm trying to see a couple more things from the shareholders meeting before we get on to uh, some media notes as well as some training camp news. I think the really the only um, other thing that's worth talking about here is the Packers acquiring Formation Inc. That was the The people who make the cheese heads. So. Based in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how that'll go for the rest of the uh, cheese attire market, particularly the, the, the bras and the other not-so-family-friendly attire for the, the, the cheese stuff, but. Yeah. I think that just kind of makes sense for them to buy it. Big news and big cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for big cheese. Yeah. You got to watch it out. That's a lot of gargonzola. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, um, Rohan teased that on, uh, on Eurostep this week. <laughs> so we had to talk about it for at least a couple seconds. So there you go, Rohan. Hope you appreciate it, buddy. Um, moving on to Tuesday media notes. Um, Obvious kind of stuff from uh, Matt LaFleur, but uh, Eric Stokes and Rashawn Gary will be starting the um, training camp on the physically unable to perform list, which was planned for them. Um, Rashawn coming off of his ACL injury and Eric Stokes coming off of his ankle and Liz Frank injury, I believe it was, that ended up, he he needed surgery for both. So hopefully they're ready for week one. He said if everything goes well, they could... um, be activated off that and kind of ease their way into it, similar to how David Bakhtiari did um, last year as well. But I would imagine we'd probably see them if things go all correctly, probably by week four-ish. It might even make sense to hold off until week six after the bye week to get them acclimated if they don't practice until training, if they don't practice through training camp. But um, regardless, we'll see them hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. Actually, I think it was Bill Huber of Packer Central, the SSI site. Mm-hmm. Stokes, if all goes well, Stokes would start ramping up midway through camp. Okay. So, you know. Ramping I, up that doesn't practice or ramping up to get back into playing shape? Do you do know? I believe it was practice, but I'm not quite not sure, sure about that. That's fine. But it, it also, again, it doesn't guarantee that they're going to be ready for the start of the season. Right. Exactly. Um, Matt LaFleur likened the start of this year to the start of his first year in Green Bay. Um, talking about how the talent of the use is exciting. And, quote, how quickly, or saying the biggest challenge was, quote, how quickly can we acclimate these young guys and how can we come together as a team? Which I think, again, is going to be just the biggest thread throughout this year getting a lot of consistency across this entire team both on offense and defense is going to be the biggest thing but particularly on offense because that's where most of the young players are between watson dobbs toure Jaden reed luke musgrave josiah deguara and todd tucker craft Octavian wicks jordan love (laughs) like the only like veterans are the line and aaron jones and aj dillon that are kind of like the the veteran leaders on that offensive side yeah that's that's a lot. It is a lot. It is a <laughs> lot. Um, the Packers brought back 13 offensive linemen from last year's active roster in the practice squad. Um, but it's entirely possible they bring back or they, they just go into the year with the same 10, same 10 they did last year, which was um, which was interesting to see people talk about because it kind of is um, how it looks and how it kind of feels with given how they've uh, – handled the um the line the past couple of years they have drafted a couple every year but they just kind of stuck with the same 10 this yeah year, oh th- this they, well in this year they didn't yeah this year they didn't you're right yeah 
which is a big deviation. Right, 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 right. Um, Gunagut's commented on how it is uh, worthy to have the depth on um, that that spot in the roster. Quote, it helps training camp immensely because when you get to the second and third groups out there in preseason games, being able to protect the quarterback and run your offense, that's very important. It helps us evaluate everything. I think when you struggle there, it's tough to evaluate some th- with some things. Makes perfect sense. If you're really trying to get a good look at, say, Danny Elling or Sean Clifford, if they're scrambling the entire time and can't actually sit in the pocket and throw, what yeah. what good are you looking? What what sort of things are you evaluating besides him being able to escape a pass rush? Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the other thing too is that it's clear that you know back of quarterback is kind of not kind of not it's not settled by any means. Mm-hmm. I mean the fact that they even worked out Jacob Eason. Yep. when they already have four quarterbacks on the 90-man roster. Kind of shows you that they're still looking at things and evaluating things and everything like that. So, yep. you know, it's, that one is perhaps we have more to talk about on that subject. Mayhaps. Just maybe. <laughs> um, lots of train of thought. Excuse me. I think that's it from LaFleur and Goody. They're thinking about adding another kicker depending on how it goes with Andres Carlson. A little sneak peek into training camp, since it fits in here quite nicely. Um, Andres Carlson, today in the first day of training camp, 5 for 6. Um, missed from, like, 45, I think, but um, hit five of them, I think, all around 40 yards. So, I think Into the Wind was his miss as well. Windy day. Into the wind. Yeah. No, no shortage of leg from... Uh, from Monters Carlson, you got to stop with the little, with the little hand gestures. Playing paper football. Um, Goody did not bring back, or did not rule out bringing back Mercedes Lewis as well, saying um, if things change fast that they could bring him back, which I'd be a huge fan of. Like Josiah DeGuara, again, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Talk about training camp stuff, but um. Josiah DeGuara was the first recipient of a pass today from Jordan Love. So take that with a gigantic grain of salt and his importance into the offense. And He's at least running with the ones. He's running with the ones. And while I'm not a fan of him particularly, I'm just, it, I think it's really tough to roster four tight ends. And I just, I think I'd rather keep Musgrave and Kraft to go with Mercedes Lewis and have a not play, not have a 12 personnel thing, but then give those two rookies a chance to learn from Mercedes Lewis on how to block, then keep Josiah. Like, that's we're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm just not the highest on Josiah DeGuara. Yes, I understand. Certainly understand. Yeah. I don't want to, I, again, I think this, it's, we it's, might have it's to really early. more. It's really, it's early. really early, but it is also, I think now that we are here, and as much as I'm like, I want Luke Musgrave to be the Packers tight end of like the next ten years. Yeah, um, and that was another thing too. Reading various things, uh, Rob Domowski in one of his many great pieces to kind of ramp up into training camp, uh, floated out some belief in the Packers organization that uh, Musgrave has star potential. Mm-hmm. Which you know, kind of I guess is implied when you take him with the second round pick and all that stuff, right? But it does show you like it's gonna be very different to like how right. we thought of tight ends for the last however many years since Jermichael Finley. I was just gonna say since Jermichael Finley. It's really Finley, maybe, you, maybe Jimmy Graham. Maybe. Oh yeah. Well, Jimmy Graham. I thought it was like, oh yeah, he wasn't good in Seattle. Maybe he'll capture it in Green Bay. He did not. He wasn't so um, bad. I don't think he was terrible. He had like, he was more flashy. No, but he just he wasn't New Orleans. That's Graham, the thing. You just think Seattle, of Jimmy him Graham. as that. He yeah. wasn't that with the Packers. Yeah. It was a very different experience. Mm-hmm. Most certainly. Um, I guess we'll jump right into the training camp news and things like that. But before we do, um. The Packers released Jeff Cotton, who was placed on the PUP list on Friday and signed um, 
Sam Houston State wide receiver Cody Crest. Crest or C H R E S T. Pick pick your uh, your pronunciation. Um, just a little anecdote. Might have the squarest head known to man. Man's head Let's is see. a legitimately a square. Um, played. Oh yeah, that is a <laughs> he's a Roblox. <laughs> Jesus. Played um, what looks to be sorry, my apologies. Two full seasons um, at Harvard, one in twenty sixteen, one at twenty one in twenty nineteen, and then he played three seasons um, at Sam Houston State. So he played seven years of college football. Um, did not see a game action in twenty seventeen and saw action in one game in twenty eighteen. Um, but for his uh, twenty twenty two stats had a pretty solid year um outside of his first two games he had catches of four four two ten five five and three um only two touchdowns but um in a october game at uh, utah tech had 10 receptions for 154 yards so obviously you guys can do your own um conclusions about the type of product he was going against playing for sam houston state going against teams like uh eastern kentucky Abilene Christian, Southern Utah, Stephen F. Austin, things like oh, yeah. teams like that, but um, clearly a uh, a grit guy for a receiver that played for seven years in college. <laughs> so you kind of hope he's putting up those numbers, having more experience than literal eighteen year olds. But um, they signed they signed him. We'll see what he can do. It's ultimately the last wide receiver spot that they'll probably have with the uh, the team. By the time we make next week's pod, he might not be with the team, depending yeah. on how they go for it. But did you did you mention his RAS score in Purdue? Uh no, but he is uh, a prototypical. I didn't mention it, but I saw it. He's a prototypical wide receiver that the Packers signed. If you want to go into it, nine point seven seven RAS, four point three five forty yard dash. The man is fast. Um, faced yeah best faced um so we'll see if he has any sort of use he'd have to beat out like toure dontavian wicks um grant debose a lot of other people to make a roster spot and be um be useful because like even as like a special teamer is kind of like what i'm getting at is that if he's gonna be a special teamer he still has to have that sixth spot as a wide receiver and i don't think they're gonna give that to him he might be a practice squad guy but yeah um, certainly but i don't see him being a actual like rostered guy that's the thing too is that there's a there is a lot of competition for that six rush spot a lot of competition and it's not guaranteed that grant du Bois, who i believe had a back injury that's what he missed throughout i was gonna say they finally kind of said what was wrong made that known yeah yeah. Um, officially, officially official, going into the uh, the training camp news, the starting ones with the offense. This is where I get excited. This is where I want to talk a little bit. Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, Josiah DeGuara, Luke Musgrave for the tight ends, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson for the receivers. Across the line, you're all pro left talk, left tackle. Dave Bakhtiari, your all-pro left guard, Elton Jenkins. Jason Myers, am I wrong? I feel like Josh. I'm wrong. Josh, I always... <laughs> Jason Myers, I believe, is a kicker for yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Josh Myers, my apologies. John Ronnie Jr. and, drumroll, Zach Tom. Zach Tom is your starting right tackle with the offensive ones. We've been preaching it. Jordan. My favorite Jimmy John sandwich. Go ahead. Zach Tom. <laughs> that's that's your favorite Jimmy John sandwich. Mm-hmm. The one titled Zach Tom. Is it what what number is that? I'm curious. I believe that's uh seventeen. Mm, got it. Got it, got it, got it. Would I have said his number that he wears on his jersey? Yeah, I forgot it. Fifty. Forgot it. Fifty. Oh, there we go. It's a, it's it's a, the it's number a weird 50. Off- it's a weird offensive number. They Jimmy John's has a long menu. Yes, they do. They they just they just skip numbers like nineteen through forty nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, 
Okay, enough Jimmy John's talk. No free ads. <laughs> Pay us Jimmy John's to get that sort of coverage. Zach Tom, rookie last year, obviously played all over, sort of filling in where he needed to. Um, getting around with the ones, I'm excited. Like I, I think this is going to be a very positive thing if it holds throughout the year. I think he got twos runs with um, at the guards position. I think ran like one and and threes with, with the as center centers, as a center. So they they're like, hey, you're gonna plug up a lot of holes. That's yeah. what he is. But I really, really like the idea of having Zach Thomas as a right tackle because then you yeah. shore up that entire left side with two all pros, and then let Zach Tom develop into being a great right tackle. Like, oh man. I'm excited. I really hope this sticks. I certainly hope so too. This it we can focus all of our attention on Jordan Love, the wide receiver room, obviously Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, how they that interplay works, but like nothing the machine doesn't go without the offensive line being healthy, which is key. And not having, you know, the first what was it? Six, seven weeks of, in part because they weren't healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to find combinations of trying to find guys that would, you know, you know, be the right fits. You know, Royce Newman, God bless him, but you're not a starter, right? You right. know that that kind of thing of like they have good depth pieces, but it's stuff of like things change quickly when they're out there the majority of the game rather than not. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Um, Starters for the defense across the front: Preston Smith, Devonta Wyatt, Kenny Clark. Is it TJ or Chris Slade? I think it's TJ. Chris. Chris. I'm... Well, there's also okay. So that's it, there's Chris Slade uh, with a Y. Yeah. There's L- TJ Slade with no Y. It's no Y. So Chris Slade, yeah. the uh, the starter that way. Oh, I lost my tweet. There we go. Um, and. Justin Hollins filling in for the uh, the edge rushers of Rashawn Gary. So, mm-hmm. um, Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell over the middle for the linebacker spots. And then Jair Alexander, Rudy Ford, Donald Savage, and Razul Douglas in your secondary. I'm pretty good with it. Pretty good with it. Nothing like groundbreaking that I'm missing. Um, I th- Hollins is probably the biggest surprise, but he's just kind of like the guy right now. Is it? I don't think it's like an is it thing. I think it's just that they don't have a Sean Gary. No, but I think I think a lot of people would have thought, oh, they're gonna put Van Ness in there. And I think they're the yeah seniority kind of wins out right now. Not to say that Lucas Van Ness didn't have a good first day at camp, from what I saw, just in anecdotes like going uncovered. He has a lot of speed and a lot of athleticism to plug up holes. I just don't think you throw him in there against. Uh, what would be, I think, Zach Tom. I'm trying to think, yeah. Or Bach. No, I, I think they put Preston on Bach Diary because you want your best rusher on, on the left side. Yeah. To get to the back side of the QB. Blind side. Yeah. Um, regardless, I'm happy if Justin Hollins gets some good run, dude. Like, I'm, uh, he's, he played well last year. Yes, he did. If he can fill For a in. pass rush that really needed lost it. steam after. Yes, exactly. That needed somebody there. So um, we won't go into too much of the, the training camp talk because obviously it's just day one, but just some general themes. Um, like we said, it was a windy day, according to everybody there. Uh, Jordan Love went 7 for 14, I believe, on his passes um, in, 11-11, in 11 on 11 drills. Um, all of his passes were into the wind. So um, he had trouble with the deep ball because of that, but then had a lot of success over the middle and short. So I'm happy to see that that's where his success was. Like, obviously you want to see success at any point, at any level of the field. But we talked about it last, last year, Jordan, that getting guys open over the middle is going to be like mission critical for this offense because they have so much speed to go over the middle. And that's kind of how the offense is is run have Christian Watson go deep a few times and open up that center of the field to get either Aaron Jones, Jaden Reed, Roman Dobbs or whoever across the middle for a nice gain, keep the offense moving. So if that deep ball takes time to develop for a year or two, I'm not too sad about it. Like he can still throw the ball deep on 
regular windy days or regular yeah. air movement days, I guess is how you want to call it. But um, just having that confidence and accuracy over the middle is very, very good for a quarterback of his experience and um, just, I don't want to say stature, that's the wrong word, but quarterback of his experience is Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Christian Watson had a couple drops. That was kind of disappointing. So it might just be tr- first day of training camp. Again, not putting a lot of hold, whole lot of sock into all this. It's literally day one. So just hopefully that improves over the course of camp. Predictably, defense was the best of the day. I think that's going to be pretty much a common theme throughout training camp, Jordan. Yeah. I, again, th- that is the more known side of the ball. Uh, a lot more years of football on that side of the ball, despite. How- and as you talked about with like the opening, you know, I guess training camp lineup, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of like those are the bedrock names. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of unpredictability there. The only positions is okay, your second pass rusher, uh, second pass rusher opposite of Preston Smith. And then it's the safeties. You know, even LaFleur was talking about it this week of like they just want to see the top two guys emerge from that. Um, even though that it's by far the probably the weakest position of the roster, they mm-hmm. feel comfortable with that. So yeah, I, I think defense, it, it, it's honestly probably going to mirror what we heard a lot about from last year. Right. And ho- um, hopefully, you're saying it'll mirror a lot from last year in training camp? Yeah, I, I think the difference is the offense, it's, <laughs> rather than going into it be like, oh, this is going to be, they're not going to miss Devontae that much. Yeah. You know, it's a different experience of what the offense will be like. Right. I think that's the biggest thing is that last year we were like, Man, that this defense is stopping that offense. That's pretty impressive. Toward now, it's like, well, yes. And then week eight was like, that defense is stopping this offense. Right. What? Right. Yeah. As opposed to now, it's like, well, of course that defense is is defending and stopping this <laughs> offense. There's a yeah. combined like sixteen starts across their special their specialists on the ends and the quarterback. <laughs> so. Yeah, the- the sooner that we can play actual football and that we don't have to reference last season anymore, oh, so I, I, cannot, I cannot wait for it. I'm so excited. Um, small note, Dontavian Wicks was blocking the hell out of some cornerbacks this uh, this practice. That's going to be his bread and butter if he wants to make this team. Like That's not something we can shy away from for sure coming out of this first practice. Like. If Dontavian Wicks wants to have a role in this team, it's going to be as a as a run blocker on the outside, and then seldomly getting passes and needing to make the best the most of those passes. But for sure, he needs to do his best Alan Lazard impression and just start blocking people on the outside, which I guess he's doing well so far. Sign me up. Yeah, I'm down to see some physicality out Sticky there. Sticky Wicks it. Go for it. If you want to make it happen, thank you. <laughs> follow it. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's anything else that was really pressing. I guess the run defense was good today as well. That might be something that is as just because the Packers run offense is going to be predictable from for the most part going into yeah. this training camp. Um, but again, I'm not taking any stock in the run defense until I see it in a real game. I'm not taking yeah. anything really at face value with this defense until I see it in a real game for the sole purpose that Joe Barry is still the defensive coordinator of my favorite team. Um, I think the other big note to follow is uh, about David Bakhtiari. Uh, Lafleur said he'll have his own modified schedule. Um, it's a fluid situation. And then he said, well, we know what type of player he is. He's proven himself. He's likely to be limited on Thursday following first practice. That is, I believe, from Zach Cruz of Packers Wire. So probably going to be a lot of just they're going to maintenance him, for lack of a better way of saying it. Right. Um, this, he, doesn't, he doesn't need the reps. Like No, that, again, that's part of where they're coming from, of, of having as much offensive linemen as they do and the different combinations that they can have. and Right. Know, 
you know, see what they have beyond Bakhtiari because, you know, this is probably going to be his last camp. Maybe. Green Bay. Yeah. I think contractually, I think that's Contractually, it's probably, probably how that goes, yeah. Yeah. But what do you do? I th- but I think that is, like, the right course of action. No need to have him have a full camp no. work- workload-wise. And it's July. It's July. <laughs> we've got time. <laughs> yes, a lot of time. Um, that kind of wraps it up. Biggest thing uh, that I took away from camp today, the bike tradition tradition is still the cutest thing to happen in football. Like, I, I saw so many cute videos. Do other teams do this? No, they don't, they right? Pa- some of them do, but they copied the Packers. Oh, of course. We're like, trend centers. That's right. But this has happened for a while, like a long, long time. Oh yeah. But I think oh, yeah. I think others have um have done this. Like I think I might have seen the Titans do it last year or something. But it's like entirely dependent on where your practice field is in relation to like yes. everything else. Like the Vikings practice out in the middle of nowhere. And like their facility is attached to the field, like most yeah. places are. They don't walk publicly anywhere. But with the Packers, if you haven't been to Green Bay, which I'm guessing most of you who listen to this podcast have, Lambeau is across the street from RHK Field. Take the bikes from the kids, ride them down with them to RHK Field. Get off it. I know that made it sound like they steal the bikes from the kids. They don't steal the bikes from the kids. No, they don't. No, the they don't. Kids it's a willing. Yeah, it's a willing trade. Please ride my bike. It's very adorable. Um, it's another one of a, of Lou Nichols signing an autograph for a little boy. Just like, oh, melted my heart. Just, I, I love that tradition. It's just, it's really, really cool. America's team. That's right. That's right, Dallas. Suck it, Jerry. Screw you, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. That just about does it for this Packers pod. Jordan, do you have anything else before we get into promos? No, I, I'm very, my endorphins or just whatever it's kicked up uh over the last couple of days of just like it's here packers your football mood my football mood endorphins uh, i think kind of works but... i don't know i don't know the body i'm not rohan dr rohan. i'm not a doctor i'm not dr rohan dr um, md that's just a joke i'm sorry rohan <laughs> but i just i'm very excited there's a lot I like the fact that there is a lot of uncertainty with this training camp. Oh, it's so it's it makes it so exciting. Like, someone having a good camp could change for better or worse the outlook of the team this year. That's how things are. It's not like okay, you got Aaron Rodgers under center. Uh obviously we were without Devontae last year, but like it was there's different things that were as much that was there were big changes. But there was still a lot that was the same. Now it is very, very different. Right. And I, I like, I just like it. I like not knowing what it's going to be. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's you know, there could be positives take away from that too. Mm-hmm. Good. Good, good, good. Oh, I'm excited. All right. Promo time, folks. As always, you can find me and Jordan on Twitter. Or X, as it's stupidly called now, on at Numak is known, at Jordan Tresky. Um, you can follow the Talk of the Tundra Twitter account, as we'll be doing a lot more tweeting now that this is going, now that training camp is happening, um, at, at, at Packers GSPN um, on Twitter, as well as um, on Instagram. You can check out Watch GSPN. Um, the always hardworking Ty Windish is working on videos and graphics for the instagram account and you'll see some stuff from from talk of the tundra over there quite soon so stay tuned over there go give us a follow we would really appreciate it um go check out the eurostep boys ty and rohan um they're still grinding all the bucks news talking about um summer league stocks with marjam uh beauchamp beauchamp i don't know why i said it like that i think i'm just tired um andre jackson jr and the other uh, young kids for the Milwaukee Bucks and also the uh, Dame Millard and James Harden sort of slop from this NBA offseason. Um, you can check out 
Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder on Make Time for This, the sort of junk drawer pop culture pod that we run, that they run. Um, my apologies. Last few weeks, they've done one on the bear. I'm just about done with it. The fishes episode gave me the most anxiety I've had in a very long time, and I didn't want to be yeah, part right. of it any longer. Um, probably the most anxiety I've ever had since season one when they did the one episode. I forget its name, but everyone knows who's seen it and knows what I'm talking about. Um, but also did a my life <laughs> right, right Jordan's Jordan's real life um, did a two part episode. Only part one is released right now of. Um, Tom Cruise's Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which I heard is very good. You know what, Jordan? Mission Impossible, I think this is seven. I'm starting yeah. to think the mission might be possible. I've got a hunch. I think you I think you might be barking up the right tree. <laughs> which Tom Cruise is probably climbing up in the next Mission Impossible. Just maybe. The tree is actually the tree from Avatar, the tree of life, and just like shh. Uh, that that's the sound you make when you climb trees. Tree Life might also be from Animal Kingdom and Disney. Just, well, yep, no comments. We'll just pass on it like I didn't. It's really dumb for there for a second. Um, but you can also check out Adam McGee and Andrew Snyder on Cruising for a Bruising, the podcast about your first place Milwaukee Brewers as of uh, 10, 18 p.m. on July 26, 2023. A 2-1 to one series victory over the Cincinnati Reds, shutting them out again today after Freddie Peralta's beautiful 13 strikeout performance didn't get the w unfortunately though because the brewers decided not to score runs until uh elvis Peguero was in the game so alas go check out um all of the brewers news from andrew and adam particularly sultry sal freelick making his debut oh, as well man. as just the general news from them mr tresky did i forget anything no no i, I think that's it sweet all right, folks, we will be coming back at you again next week. We're getting to the cadence of having more episodes per week as we ramp up towards the season. Training camp battles, general news, all that good stuff. So, like I said, go check us out on uh, gspn.info for all the links to all the things that you could possibly want. Rate five stars and leave a review on Spotify, uh, Apple Pods, all that kind of stuff. No more Stitcher. If you're one of the six Stitcher listeners that exists in the world, find the new app. That's no more. They're shutting down. Come join us on uh, Spotify gang, gang, gang. And uh, Jordan, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.